Welcome to Home, Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm the home functionality coach and realtor. I geek out on various subjects regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss home functionality and aesthetics as it pertains to fencing, hedges, and privacy screens. Follow me under the handle Space and Reason on Instagram. I also want to invite you to see my Pinterest board called Fencing and Gates. My handle is Space and Reason on Pinterest. And I'm a visual person, so I understand the need to see something before making a decision. And Pinterest always helps me to do my due diligence. So check out my Pinterest board called Fencing and Gates. I'll put the link in the podcast notes. In episode 26, I discussed creating great outdoor spaces. I briefly mentioned the topic of fences in this episode, and I promised to do an entire episode about fencing. If your outdoor space is on your radar, you know how many options there are when it comes to containing animals, creating privacy, or simply framing your land. Someone once said, if you are more fortunate than others, it is better to build a longer table than a taller fence. I wish I knew who to credit that to. If you live close to your neighbors and you keep thinking of a fence higher, wider, bigger, how might you accomplish the same thing with live plants, hedges, greenery of some sort, or maybe even an airy half fence. If you can accomplish at least part of your goal with live plantings and more openness, aesthetically, it will pay off. More nature, less upkeep. The more open and inviting your space is, the more positive it will feel. In episode 25, I asked you, how much outdoor space do you have to work with? We discussed considering those spaces and making them an extension of your interior space. It could be a place for you to escape and read, garden, or to simply start enjoying more fresh air. So let's discuss creating a visual barrier between you and, say, the neighbors or the street or whatever in a subtle and visually pleasing way. Did you know that butterflies have a hard time flying when it's windy? So planting butterfly-friendly plants near a hedge or a fence can yield good results. 
Remember this when you are considering attracting birds and butterflies, which we discussed in episode 27. I'm stringing these three very relevant subjects together because you can't really plan your outdoor space, episode 26, without considering if you want to attract hummingbirds, butterflies, and birds, episode 27. And equally foundational is choosing a green perimeter, considering how that affects your curb appeal and optics, episode 25, which might involve less wood or metal fencing if possible and more natural greenery. I'll dip back into the pond of attracting pollinators and thinking about your overall space because these subjects are so completely intertwined. How many times have you unknowingly made a decision about something to do with your house without even thinking? Hey, honey, we need to have a fence put up because the neighbor's house is finally being built. And so you get on the horn to the nearest fence builder and he puts up a fence. Did you think about the aesthetics? Did you consider functionality? Maybe other options? Sometimes when words pop into our heads, like fence, we get an automatic vision of what that is to us. We assume everything and we move forward without consideration. And then, oftentimes we're filled with regret when we see a fence done differently, beautifully, or not with haste. Maybe it's not a fence at all, but a living hedge 15 feet tall And that just would have been so much better than a six-foot wood fence that we have to treat every year to keep it from rotting from the weather. Worse yet, if it's ugly because it's the same exact fence lacking character that you have seen one million times. Now, if you consider all the things over a period of several days at minimum, and you scour the internet and listen to this podcast for other options, and you come up with the same end result, great. There's no wrong answer to fences and hedges. What I'm asking you is to consider all the options so you can avoid regret and be pleased with your choices. Let's start by standing at the street and looking at your home. Do you have a sight line to the area where you want to build the fence or place the hedge? I always recommend looking at your home from the front first and thinking through what your choices would do to affect your curb appeal. How will this play out positively or negatively? From this viewpoint, consider what a fence with traditional vertical boards would look like and consider what a fence with horizontal boards would look like. Imagine a fence with wood posts and modern wire running horizontally that plants can grow through. Imagine aluminum fencing, a picket fence, or a mesh screen fence. What would no fence at all do for you with planting a hedge instead? Maybe the hedge has flowers. Maybe it provides texture or attracts birds or butterflies because it's shelter. 
still standing at the curb. Now let's think about your overall color scheme. Consider what a traditional wood fence would look like with the exterior colors on your house. What would it look like if the wood fence were painted or stained? Imagine a fence with wood posts and modern wire running horizontally that plants can grow through. How would that aesthetically look from where you're standing? Now imagine aluminum fencing or vinyl fencing, which is typically black or white. What about a white picket fence or a wood framed mesh screen fence? The mesh is probably black. What would no fence at all do for your optics, planting a hedge instead? Do you want your home to read more neat and tidy, more modern? Think your curb appeal through, your color scheme through. Do you want it more friendly and welcoming? I appreciate a modern aesthetic, which to me means keeping flowers to a minimum, and those that I do have are yellow, which tie in to my yellow front door. I have a ton of non-flowering plants featuring all kinds of different textures. I have still managed to attract hummingbirds because luckily they are attracted to yellow blossoms, fragrant honeysuckle, and the one-stop all-you-can-eat hummingbird feeder that lives on the corner of our back porch. A home with all colors of flowers and no consistent color theme at all, can read more like an English garden, and those usually feel informal and more busy. So if you're considering a hedge, is it all green? Is it clean and modern? Is it more natural, flowy, or is it structured? Is it flowering? Now let's go inside. Yes, inside. Consider the sight lines from inside your home. What will you see and through which windows? What are you trying to screen from and which of the options would be aesthetically more elevated? Imagine a resort, your favorite bed and breakfast, anywhere that brings you peace. What do they have for their screening what about it works for you? Now, I want you to think super big picture here. What do you aspire to become? Let's not even talk about fences. Envision your best life. What does that look like? Do your surroundings support that? If you want to publish your first book, for example, do you have a place that you absolutely love to write? And if that writing space in a particular room looks into the area you are considering fencing, how does that view get impacted? Do you see here why I'm asking you to consider optics from all the places? Because your decision will affect every bit now and 10 years from now. If you hoped to plant a tree or bush that needs full sun outside that window, would a fence partially block the sun? What direction is the sun coming from in relation to where you want your fence or hedge? 
I'm going to interrupt this episode with a quick station identification. Have you subscribed yet? You're going to want to subscribe to this podcast so you don't have to remember to download new episodes. When choosing plants, consider proportion. A piece of property in Metamora, Michigan, several acres across, will take a whole different plan than a tiny plot in downtown Lapeer. Same snowy winters, same humid summers, different size requirements. I frame this in my head like this. If I had a lot of land to fill, the scale on all of the plants should be larger. If my footprint is small, everything should scale smaller. Pay special attention to the mature growth size when you're perusing the interwebs. When you're standing in person at a nursery, it's usually fairly easy to reference mature sizes on the tag, but when I'm looking on Pinterest for kinds of hedges, I find it challenging to get specific information on the plant. But do map out the things you're considering at home so you don't get to the store and blank on your whys and buy the things that aren't cohesive or they're too tall, or they're too small for what you had in mind. Take some time, write things down, and be okay with baby steps. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. When we built our home, we decided to put all of our extra money into upgrades on the home itself, and then handle the outside upgrades later when we could pay cash. As a result, the builder put up the cheapest, what's called a good neighbor fence, between us and the house next door, which is what was included in the regular bid for the home itself. They used the cheapest wood with the most knot holes, and it only looked good for one season, despite it being a traditional, vertical, predictable wood fence and despite the fact that we treated it to keep it nice for as long as possible. Fast forward two years and it may as well have been 10 years old. It turned gray quickly, it was so ugly. After combing through magazines and walking neighborhoods everywhere, I decided I wanted to take down all the vertical boards on this same fence and utilize the posts only and run horizontal wire through them for a more modern look that would provide light from both sides and that way plants would grow more happily. And then I went about planting things to create a green space, a green fence, rather than having a six foot high wood box for a backyard. I am so pleased is that hummingbirds sit and perch on the wires it's fly through for butterflies and all kinds of things now full disclosure we don't have pets so it's very convenient for us to have that open airy green space because we don't have anything to contain i love that when neighbors walk by in the back to walk their dog we can wave and have small talk and chit chat it's so much more friendly And as the plants have grown bigger, it's gotten so much more luxe. On several occasions when we have guests over, 
they have said, this looks like a magazine back here. I mean, that's about the finest compliment one could get. It is my belief that that decision to remove the vertical boards on this fence was the singular best decision we made for our yard because it helped the greenery to grow, it helps the wildlife to move around, fly around, be more active and comfortable, and visually, the whole space is elevated. We ordered a kit to do this through a company called Cable Bullet. Cable Bullet is located in Warsaw, Indiana, so you're supporting a local American company. I want to read you a quick bit from owner Daniel Schlatter. He said, there's got to be a better way. In 2012, I had a project that called for cable railing. Looking at what was available, the thought kept coming to mind, there has got to be a better way. There were nice looking and easy to install systems, but wow, were they expensive. There were cheap systems, but the aesthetics seemed lacking. And then there were all parts and pieces, fixed ends, tensioning ends, straight and sloped ends, through the post ends, surface mount ends, on and on it went. Again, there's got to be a better way. Several years and lots of evenings and weekends in the shop later, we have a new system that is simple and elegant. It installs in the same way in any application. It is aesthetically consistent in any application. Straight and sloped applications, same look. Metal or wood posts, same look. Different ends of the run, same look. In any application, the tensioning is done inside the bullet within the post. An elegant look with no caps or nuts on the opposite side of the post. No surface mount inline tensioner to clutter up short runs. Just cable disappearing into a stainless disc. Elegant, simple, and intuitive. So for those of you who've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I'm particular about my aesthetics, and I can't say enough good about this product. We were pleased with the customer service, I was thrilled with the way it looked, and a year later, we are just as pleased with it as the day we installed it. I will put a link in the podcast notes to Cable Bullet. Now I'm going to jump back to curb appeal for a quick minute. One pet peeve of mine is when people plant a lovely shrub or tree in the middle of the front of their house. Fast forward five years or 10, and their front room is a dark hole because there's no light coming in the windows. Why? Well, that shrub matured and it's beautiful, but the inside of the house is now depressing and lacks light. Maybe you didn't even notice it because it happened so slowly. You don't want to cut the beautiful shrub because it's finally gorgeous and blooming. I understand. But now let's rewind. Don't plant anything that grows tall right in front of the front of your home windows unless it's airy and thin. Curb appeal is always best if you can see the front of the house. Instead, put taller shrubs or trees to the corner and off to the side, flanking it, creating a frame of sorts. 
lower fragrant dwarf shrubs can be a great choice for the front of the house so that when you sit out front, you can enjoy the fragrance and see past the edge of your porch. See what's going on in the world. Think in terms of having the tallest thing in the back closest to your porch or house, say a hedge of mm, dwarf butterfly bushes, for example, because they top out at just two feet tall. In front of those, in three spots, maybe some tulips, and in between might be a low evergreen with an entirely different color and texture, maybe a blue fiscue, which is only eight inches tall. This helps create different levels visually without any of them covering the front of the home, and I've included an option here in the example I gave to attract pollinators. But no matter what, the front of the house should always be visible, especially the windows. You want all the light, all the light, bring it. Container gardening is a thing and can be especially gratifying if you're a renter at the moment because you can take your beloved specimens with you onto the next place. So if you want a screen between you and the neighbors so you can enjoy sitting on your porch more, you could actually put a pot there with a tall, skinnyish shrub to block the sight line and still take it with you when you leave because it's in a pot. For large planters, the ones made of lightweight fiberglass will be easier to transport and move than terracotta because those are heavier. They also break easier. I want to briefly mention the law before you get too far down this rabbit hole. Check to see if you have laws where you live limiting the height of fences in residential areas. Many times they limit height to four feet in the front yard and six feet in the backyards. Local ordinances set by cities and counties and sometimes subdivision rules called Covenants, conditions, and restrictions, what I call CCNRs, regulate fencing, so make sure you check into this before you make decisions. Some local height restrictions contained in fencing laws apply to natural fences as well, made out of bushes or trees. The placement of a row of trees or bushes that border a property will usually meet the definition of a fence. Many natural fence height restrictions range from 5 to 8 feet. So again, check the laws where you live. You might have a particular special need, so let's talk about that. Vinyl in particular won't rot, rust, crack, or splinter when exposed to hot and cold temperatures as well as moisture. A vinyl fence is an option in climates that experience a variety of more extreme weather conditions. It's also not a good heat conductor, and that means even on scorching hot days, a vinyl fence won't feel hot to the touch, which might be the right choice for yards where children play and sometimes try to climb the fence. With vinyl, you also won't have to worry about water damage if you live in an area with heavy snow accumulation during the winter. And typically, you won't experience color fading from a vinyl fence either. Wrought iron is extremely strong, which makes it difficult to break. It won't crack or splinter when exposed to the elements and is a great choice for security purposes. Galvanized 
chain link is sealed with a special coating offering excellent security. And because of the special coating, it's more resistant to the effects of the elements. Typically chain link is unsightly. So I would caution against this unless you're thinking of building a kennel or you want to start growing a hedge through it since light comes from both sides. Sometimes the shrub can make the chain link disappear. And this can be ideal if you need to contain small animals, but still want the aesthetic of the greenery. You can put in a low chain link and grow the hedge through it, ensuring they can't escape between the base of the plants. Perhaps you're in a more rural area and simply need property boundaries. Boundary lines can take a country cottage twist with carved posts to mark the division along a pathway. You could also consider lining your driveway and twining vines along the posts through the spring and summer to welcome your guests for a visit. Do you live in a hotter climate like Tucson, Arizona? Having a mesh pool fence in Phoenix or an iron pool fence in Gilbert is more than just a personal choice. In many situations, pool fencing is a matter of law. In Arizona, residential pool enclosures are required in households with one or more children younger than the age of six. You may build a six foot high privacy fence only to realize that the next door neighbors can easily see over it when they're lounging on their deck. Or you may find that your six foot tall privacy fence only needed to be four feet tall because the surrounding areas slope away from your yard. Consider height and slope so that you don't waste money and time building a fence that doesn't end up achieving your goal. Let's talk about how to do that. If you have a giant piece of cardboard or even plywood, anything, have someone walk to the edge of your yard where you're thinking about planting or building a fence and have them stand there with this piece of plywood. You'll get a feel for how tall they are and how much that you can see to the neighbors by using this trick. If you're a homeowner and you're looking to create a visual barrier between your home and your neighbor's home or the street, you may be doing research to find out the best privacy plants. As a realtor in Portland, Oregon, I see homes that could be so much more attractive without the view of whatever the neighbor's auto body shop in plain sight out the kitchen window. These scenarios are ideal for a hedge planting or a screen. Now let's ask some questions. Here's some questions to ask yourself about your outdoor space and your reason. Question number one, do I want the benefits of a living fence? It provides visual ease and promotes wildlife health. Question number two, do I want an evergreen so I cannot see through it year round, or do I want the fall color of a screen that changes with the seasons? Question number three, do I simply need a privacy screen and not a fence? This could be a growing hedge shrub or tree, or even a metal modern steel panel. I've purchased from a company called Veradec, who makes modern, attractive court and steel screens, and they sell them as a set along with a stand. 
look for the link in my podcast notes. I used these screens when I designed our hammock cabana for both ends and the roof. Question number four, how many feet do I need to cover? This measurement will help decide how many plants you need to buy, or it would help estimate out the cost of the hardscape fence you intend to put in. Let's discuss spacing as it pertains to the greenery first. Avoid planting your new plants so close that you'll have a solid hedge in one season. Why? Because as the plants mature, they'll be too close together and can suffer as a result. I'm sure you've all seen giant hedges and big spears of dead plants every few. That's because those were planted too close together. However, before you make your final decision on which plants, keep in mind that the faster something grows, the more you'll have to tend to it with pruning, watering, and fertilizing. However, if you pick something that grows a bit slower, it can be a better long-term choice because that maintenance is far less. Now let's discuss spacing as it pertains to a wood or metal fence, maybe vinyl. Keep the fence posts eight feet apart or less to keep the fence from sagging as you plan it. Fewer posts will save you some digging, but in the long run, wind and gravity will make you pay for it in your privacy fencing. I'll include an article in the podcast notes from the Family Handyman about building a privacy fence because they touch on plotting and finding property lines ahead of time. Here's a great question. Number five, where do I need access? I once sold a house that was built in 2015, which I consider newish, in which the gate to the backyard was at the side of the house and you had to pass the AC unit near the gate. Here's the problem. There wasn't enough clearance here to push a lawnmower through the gate and past the AC, so the homeowner had to literally push the lawnmower around the whole block to get to the back of their house. Consider access not just for your feet, but for lawn equipment like lawnmowers, wheelbarrows, and possible access for future contractors. What if you want a backyard pool or a kitchen installed in five years? How will contractors get to your patio? Along the same lines, if you make one entire fence panel intentionally removable, it could allow a truck or heavy equipment access to your yard. It's also ideal to put at least two gates in or leave at least two access points in your plantings. Access on both sides of your home could be helpful. Question number six. Do I want all one material or all one size? Keep in mind a mixture of stucco and metal or wood and greenery tall and short, can be so attractive. You don't want to build a box around your home, even if it's made of greenery. Variants in height and textures will be so much more pleasing to the eye. I want to invite you again to my Pinterest board where you'll see court and steel panels used in conjunction with metal and wood. You'll also see beautiful low perimeter ideas and natural green concepts too. 
Question number seven, what if I already have a traditional vertical fence that's fairly new and although I don't love it, I'm not tearing it down now when it's in perfectly good condition. I would ask you this, do you have fence post caps? The end grain is the most vulnerable part of a fence post. In wet weather, the tops of your post will absorb more water than any other part of the post. This leads to mold and mildew and moss growth and eventually, of course, rot. Fence post caps solve all of those problems by protecting the tops from the elements and finishing the look. Also, you can keep your eyes out for various mountable planters that have water retention in the bottom. You can mount them to your fence and break up the solid wall of wood with some natural greenery. Plant something around the edges of your pots that will cascade down and maybe something in the middle that attracts hummingbirds or butterflies. Last question, number eight, am I considering lighting? Whether it's for security, like a motion sensor light, safety, like down lights on steps or lighting your house numbers, lighting should be considered because you can include this in the design of your overall yard and may include fence post lighting or down lighting on the fence itself. If you're choosing green hedges, you may want up lighting flanking the front of the house to highlight them and add security depending on where you live. Since this isn't really about lighting, I won't dive into that topic deeper, but before you go out and buy black fence post caps, know you can get them with solar lights or hardwired too, depending on your needs. It's just food for thought. Now I'm going to touch on some plants to consider for hedges. I'm going to say if you happen to be in the Pacific Northwest, but a lot of these will carry on throughout the majority of the northern part of the United States. Arborvita are one of the most common hedges you see around Oregon because of their low maintenance quality. Wax leaf privet is one of my favorites because it has a moderate growth rate only requiring pruning once a year and it attracts butterflies with its large 8 inch long clusters of pure white flowers in the spring. The Mexican orange has a light green evergreen leaf that seems tropical to me and it also has white scented flowers. They grow 6 feet tall and can be a nice choice for a more shady area. The Taxus fastigiata stricta is a lovely specimen that I recently purchased myself with chunky and soft green needles that form a dense screen. Because some grow upright and others low and wide, head to one of our many local nurseries to choose one that's growing in the manner that you desire for the space that you're envisioning. They take to pruning very well and can handle both sun or shade. With moderate growth, you'll only have to prune it once a year, if at all. English laurel is actually on the city's list of nuisance plants because of the high maintenance required to keep this fast-growing shrub in control. However, it is beautiful. You'll need to prune it two to three times a year. The last one on my list is the wild lilac. It has blue flowers and small evergreen leaves. When we first moved in, the landscapers put a tiny one next to the road along our back alley. Five years later, it's over eight feet tall. 
I can attest that it's drought tolerant and fast growing. Its flowers attract bees, so keeping it at a distance from tiny children could be a good plan, but we put a bee house close to ours to encourage all the goodness. What is most interesting about writing this article is that I personally have all of these plants in my yard except two, the arborvitae and the English laurel. I live in an area where homes were built extraordinarily close together, so getting some different interesting plants in the ground surrounding my home was paramount to making it feel more private with less emphasis on fences and walls. Obviously, when you're debating between a couple plants, choosing native plants for privacy can be a good hand to bet. They'll survive with the least amount of upkeep. When thinking about attracting birds and butterflies, plant in layers as nature does. Various sized trees and shrubs will form an ideal scenario for attracting them, and they also offer nesting sites and shelter from weather and predators. Now let's talk about when to plant. The best time to plant is in the spring for evergreens, but wait for the fall to plant deciduous plants. A good long-term hedge will take two to three years to become solid before you get a fence-like feel. And that's okay. Always think long-term. Quick gratification always bites you in the behind. Bamboo will be the same. If they're planted every five feet, plant in the coolest part of the day, typically early morning or early evening. Quickly, I want to touch on soil. It's a good idea to make sure you have about a third compost to two-thirds soil. And always read the directions. Of course, dig your holes twice as wide as the container and a little deeper. Now that you've thought about what you wanted to buy and perhaps you've gotten it planted, it would be a shame for all that to go to waste. So make sure that you have some sort of a reminder set up for watering. Obviously, fertilizing in the spring and fall can help your hedge become solid more quickly. No matter what you choose, a vinyl fence, a horizontal modern wire fence, or a hedge, Remember, get photos, plot out the important stuff like your property line. Think about how it affects your curb appeal. Make sure you have gates wide enough to accommodate future plans and don't settle for plain. Choose a solution that speaks to your aesthetic. If you are nature people, don't put up a vinyl fence, put up a hedge. If you are a modern type who likes a more minimal look, check out the court and steel panels on the Pinterest boards I mentioned. No matter who you are, there is a choice right for your climate and aesthetics. Make your curb appeal fabulous and you'll enjoy it for years to come and you'll thank me when it's time to sell. Did you know that you can hire me if you happen to be relocating or buying or selling in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, and you'd like to hire me as your realtor, reach out to me at Christina with a K at spaceandreason.com. What makes people passionate about their homes and what makes a person really love a space 
It's surprising to me that so few people really actively love their home with any kind of detectable passion. I discussed this in episode 21, so if you haven't listened yet, I suggest you do. If you'd like more of this kind of content, subscribe to Little Bits, my weekly newsletter that's intentionally short about home functionality with a video and a thought for you to think through about your space and your reason. Expect short but close inspections of home details. As usual, I post questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. Find the link to subscribe in the show notes. If you haven't, write a review because it lets others know this is a podcast worth listening to. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. I'm looking forward to seeing pictures of your fences, hedges, and yards, and I'll meet you back here for the next episode. (laughs) 